to get us started, Austin, can you just do like a like a like give me a beat? Like with my hands? Or yeah. With my mouth. Or with your hands, just do like a clap. Here we go. You like house music? Huh? You like house music, Austin? Sure. Taking a shit in George Washington's bathroom. Taking a shit in George Washington's bathroom. Taking a shit in George Washington's bathroom. It's diarrhea. George Washington's bathroom. instrument called welcome back everyone welcome back to the show explaining to austin coming to you live you got a haircut they should compliment me, is all I'm saying. I'm gonna compliment you. You okay? You look good, my friend. Ooh, thank you, baby. Even though I can't see you, that's not true. You can see me right now. Looking I'm right deep into your eyes. I'm in your closet. It's a beautiful Tuesday night. I'm just in the closet. It, winter. Austin's in the closet, deep in the closet, on this Tuesday winter night. It's your favorite podcast back, explaining to Austin. And before we even say another damn word, I got something to square away with all you. So listen up. This show has been revolutionary. People are calling it the revolution of new age of podcasts. People have said it. You know, before even NFTs were a thing and big in the news, we joked and we said, this podcast, we're going to make it as an NFT. And we didn't, but it was a joke, and it, and we called it before it was even a thing. Well, so we, we you know, we kind of missed the memo that NFTs need to be shitty drawings of monkeys smoking weed. But we had the idea that you release a podcast as an NFT. We had the idea to do a podcast where where one person talks to their friend no one had done it before and and that's true and it seems i've been analyzing austin you don't know this i've been deep at work deep in deep in the bowels of the recesses of my mind and of the internet researching our analytics of what the people want and the people the people don't want you know what they don't want, Austin? What don't they, they want? They don't want, at least not all the time, talking about movies like Munchie that no one's ever heard of. They want us They want us commenting. They want me explaining to you, you little dum-dum. They want my big brain explained to you and for all of them who don't understand because they're too dumb. They want the explanation of current events and culture and the news. And so with with that in mind, with that new mission statement in mind, I christen this 
explaining to Austin 2.0, a.k.a. The Dark Prophet Saga. Are we in season two? This is season two of explaining to Austin, baby, where the rules are out the window and that was, was you changing? just you just heard me throw the rules out the window and hit that was the, the wall. that was the rule right okay it was smaller than i thought it was now what does this mean for explaining to austin what does this fired? mean for actual austin first off austin is fired okay bye guys. and the rule that the new name of the show is called peyton's brain time hour oh are you just going to talk about how much you like rick and morty yeah and i got a high iq just kidding. No, Austin will still be on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Don't Only you as the worry. Consultant. Only as as our as our physical fitness consultant. So anytime there's a scene in a movie that involves lifting weights, you right. just ask me questions about it. Right. Uh, no, but seriously, folks, uh, what this means. I don't know exactly what it means. All I I have I am serious, and that I've been watching the data, and it does seem that people like when we talk about when we when we not only talk about movies, when we go off and we talk about the current events and the things in the news. So with that in mind, we can still talk about movies, and don't you worry, because there will be parts of the show and episodes of the show where I explain to Austin movies. But what this really means is we're expanding the show. We're opening the horizons. We're taking it out of the box, the cage we've been keeping it in, and we're letting it fly free. And we, we're we going to do whatever we want. So if, like, today I decide I want the episode to be me telling Austin about some topics in the news that I found and we can riff about it, then that's what the episode will be. Or if the episode is, hey, I want to tell Austin about a movie, maybe that'll be that episode of the week. And so that's what's going to go on here. And like it or not, it's what's happening. Austin, thoughts as you hear this Uh, live? Oh, I love thoughts. They're some of my favorites. Oh, but you meant about this. T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S. Yes. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully supportive of this because I think we do our best work when it's less structured. And, and, and Austin, you'll, you know, the, 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 the psychic barriers, the psychic buildup of our country, of our society is decaying as we move further and further into, into chaos and squalor and, and terror and as people die in the streets right. while these as fat die in the street. while these fat cats sit in their office as our culture crumbles to 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 nothing and dust and i think the it's time extended gutters and they're they're you know all the blood and the shit is washing down them and soon all of them all of the whores and the politicians will look up and shout save us and we hear it explaining to austin will look down and whisper just please listen to our podcast. Absolutely. that I couldn't have said it better myself. That's, of course, the famous monologue from 2019's Joker. <laughs> uh, we're, we're making this podcast more accurate to def- reflect the time that we're living in. Because it's time to exit the fantasy world of the castle we've been living in. It's time to get real. It's time to go full Alex Jones. It's full info wars. I'm excited for this. So also, well, uh, side note, uh, Rorschach would absolutely clap the Joker's cheeks. 
Yeah, and he would also be subscribed to InfoWars as a premium member. He, Rorschach, absolutely would be. <laughs> and he'd be taking Alex Jones' brain pills, and he'd be, but... and they'd be making him jerk off at night. Yeah. Austin, okay. you, you good? Elijah is doing some fuck shit, dude. It's okay. It's listen. We started out this show with a mission statement of letting it all stay in, letting the burps, letting the yawns, letting the sneezes, and that includes letting the background noises. We let the chaos stay in, and now we're releasing the chaos and bringing it back to the audience. You're damn right. You're damn right. Now, you mentioned a moment ago to the audience, and I want you to talk more about it. This is called a new segment called Austin's Fitness Corner. Austin, you've been going to the gym. Yeah. You've been pumping iron, I've as they'd say. The tell us tell tell us about that. How's it how's it going? In the dead it's of winter, you've been honing the steel that is your body. Right. I'm trying to um really I wanna look like who do I wanna I kinda wanna look like like uh Drax the Destroyer. Not like Dave Batista, even though they are the same person. If you notice in the movie, Drax has a little more body fat, and I, I fuck with that. Sure. Just yeah, keep going. So, I'm going to give you some nice background accompaniment. Thank you. So I've been recently trying to get into... Um, what did my computer just do? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Oh, God. The screen's just, like, changing and shit. Whoa. What are you doing? Oh, anyway. I've been getting into Olympic weightlifting, which is really fun and really hard, and I'm not good at it yet. Um... But and yeah, what is that? What is Olympic weightlifting? Um, so Olympic weightlifting. It's weightlifting when you, but you're Greek. You have right, to eat a lot of lamb as you weightlift. It's a very specifically, um, a set, like three different movements that are um, done in Olympic weightlifting, and that is the um, the clean, the jerk, and the snatch. Well, I know about two of those: the jerk and the snatch. If you know what I'm talking about. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, ma'am, I do. Um, well, so the snatch, you, I mean, a lot of these you probably have seen, um, like, like the snatch is where it, the, uh, the, the damn, you have the bar on the ground and then you like squat down like a deadlift and pick it up. And when it comes over your thighs, you like flick your arms back and throw it fully above your head. Hmm. And you squat down under it at the same time. So you're like snatching the bar and then lifting it up. Yes. Um, and then um, the uh, the clean, or no, the jerk is where you um, pick it up off the ground and um, bring it to your chest. Like you do the same kind of thing. You flick your arms forward and you um, drop into a squat and catch the bar on your body like on your chest like it should hit you in the throat a little bit when you do it right which is pretty wild now would you describe yourself as a as the alpha male of your gym um no not even not even a little bit i would i wouldn't say for those of us unfamiliar with 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 exercising and working out for those of us whose bodies have have wasted away and laid in languid states of of decay uh, especially over over these years of COVID, um, what does it feel like to exercise every day? Well, I don't go every day, but um, I will say it feels pretty damn good. Um, 
honestly, at this point, it's just about all I think about. Um, twenty four seven. When I have free time, I'm like, damn, I could be at the gym right now. Right. Uh, um. So in so many ways, it's valid. like a religion. It does feel like I am just a disciple of the Iron Sanctuary. True. True. Getting, getting gains in the name of um, of of, of uh, Broden. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a disciple of the Jeffrey Epstein Sanctuary. <laughs> Is that a fact? He left me about a hundred kilograms of fentanyl in his will, and I did them all tonight. Oh, you got no time left, do you? No. My brain's firing. Um, sorry my, to hear that. My, they say, I know that the whole thing about using only 10% of your brain is fake, but uh, I think I just proved that it's not tonight because my brain is, is more expanded than humankind has ever known. I've reached a new level of evolution. Well, I'm, I'm very proud of you, I'll be honest. You're welcome. Thank you. Anyway, glad to hear you're making those gains, and we'll be sure to check in with you on future episodes uh, in Austin's Fitness Corner as on your journey of, of fitness uh, and ex body exploration. Yes, and I will post thirst traps on the Twitter. Great. On our on our page. Follow us on Twitter, folks. It's at E capital E number two capital A podcast on Twitter. It's in the description of every episode. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Austin on Twitter. And you'll be delighted. You'll be tantalized beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get into some of our topics today, why don't we, Austin? Yeah, I would love to hear about it. Firstly, I wanted to talk about this clip from yesterday. Did you see this clip from yesterday of uh, a press secretary for Joe Biden at the White House, Jen Psaki, or just Psaki, uh, given that the P is probably silent, uh, snarkily dismissing the idea that uh, every American could be sent COVID tests to their home uh, as, a, as a way to help improve COVID testing uh, throughout the country. Interesting. Here's, here's a clip. We've quadrupled the size of our testing plan. We've cut the cost significantly over the past few months. And this effort to, uh, to, push, uh, to ensure insurers are, you're able to get your, your tests uh, refunded means 150 million Americans will be able to get free tests. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Should we just send one to every American? Maybe. Then, then, what ha then what happens if, you, if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that? All I know is that other countries seem to be making them available for, in greater quantities for less money. Well 
And so mm. clearly you can you didn't even see her face the, her her little smug her smug little ooh what do we just do send it to every american eh, mm. even though that's literally what every other civilized you know every other country with you know decent infrastructure and government uh has has done throughout the world uh and yet apparently that's too much to ask and to accomplish for for this amazing country because that money needs to go on uh the f-35 program which has categorically failed despite the fact it spent like 35 million dollars per shitty airplane just absolutely outstanding quality i'd say i gotta say i don't know if you've seen a lot of clips of her in the past year but i shouldn't tell you her name jen saki uh, probably right now one of my top least favorite people in government. She just time and time again, as the press secretary uh, at the White House for Biden, just proves herself to be the most smug, like self-satisfied uh, liberal ghoul who just who just toes the the status quo line. While just you can tell she thinks she's so smart and and so in the right, despite every time uh just reinforcing the status quo and and never willing to admit that better can be accomplished um you can she just has horrible it's the energy of a of a sycophantic teacher's pet from from middle school it's just awful she's she's the worst it um did you ever listen did you ever watch inside the bo burnham one yes the the line in how the world works where he says neoliberal fascists are destroying the left yeah that's that's, that's her that's her definitely uh and i gotta say you know jen jen you're 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 sarcastically dismissing the idea of sending a covid test to to every american well fine let's not do that instead uh, i have an idea i'll send a or how about not me this is a joke and this is comedy and not an actionable threat but what if we what if we send a, just a single package to your address and inside that package is a special little powder that uh if you look up history right after 911 there were some letters and <laughs> letters sent out to some congressmen and some journalists and that had some fun powder inside <laughs> Ted Kaczynski, our good friend of the show, knows a lot about sending packages to people. He yeah, he knows a lot about sending packages, and we could get him to send you one, Jen. Uh, just kidding. Again, this is comedy s- satire. Satire, at best. Not actionable. I don't even... Where do you even get anthrax? Obviously, the government, because... What is anthrax? The, the, government, the government, of course, are the ones responsible for the anthrax tax after 9-11. If you want yeah, to hear more about, about that, that look, go, go to our Conspiracy Month 9-11 episode. But... You know what's funny um, about our Conspiracy Month is I had a friend um, who re- was listening to a podcast recently about the uh, JFK shit, mm-hmm. and he would keep telling me, like, like he would keep saying stuff like, oh, you know, I don't know if the CIA actually did it, but there's a lot of coincidences there. And I'm like, for God's sake, will you listen to our fucking episode? We talk about this so detailed. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're telling me things that I already know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Conspiracy Month was a good time. And I just got to say, Jen, Jen Saki. Uh, I don't know how you lay your head at the pillow at night, you dumb bitch. Oh, I went I there. You, I went I don't there. Know how you lay your head on the pillow at night, but pretty soon I'm gonna be holding another pillow on your the other side of your head. That's a good one. I would never. You would never. You would never hurt that lovely woman. That lovely 
not evil just, woman. Just saying, all this aside, still would. Yeah? I mean... What's she look like? Not the worst. Jim. Why does her last name start with a P? I like her last name. I don't know. It's like Saki, but with a P and an A. Okay. Still would. She's cute. Still would. That's hate, fucked up. Hate her. We sound, we sound gross right now, but... Listen, I'm a gay trans woman. I'm allowed to. It's not, it's not misogynistic. Oh, it's not misogynistic. It's empowering that I want to have sex with her, even though I hate her. I'm a gym bro. I really can't say shit about... You can't say <laughs> dog, <laughs> rat, shit. So that goes out to Jin Saki. Uh, Austin, this next topic in the news comes to us from Reuters. And it's Kellogg to permanently replace striking employees as workers reject new contract. And if you are not aware, which I know you are, Austin, but uh, workers at uh, Kellogg plant uh in plants in uh, i think it's just a single plant um in uh no it is multiple michigan nebraska pennsylvania tennessee uh have been striking across the country for uh better treatment and wages by uh kellogg sense. uh first off kellogg austin are you familiar with uh, the events of their surrounding and why cornflakes exist yes i'm actually very aware of this um yeah, fucking anti-masturbatory shit. Yeah, this is off the cuff, so I'm not going to have all the facts, right? But uh, suffice can... to say, the, the, the owner, the original, the man himself, Mr. Kellogg, he wanted to create uh, a food that was, like, so bland it made you just not want to It would, even... like, kill your mood. It would, like, make you not be horny. He anymore. wanted to make a food so bland it killed the vibe that, so that you didn't touch yourself ever and masturbate because he, he thought it was of the devil and of sin. Uh, and that's how Kellogg came about, because that was Mr. Kellogg, and that food was cornflakes. Yeah, there's actually a, um, there's actually an episode of stuff you should know about, um, Kellogg's. That's really fucking interesting. Well, 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 how about you don't advertise other podcasts on our show, Austin? I mean, it's not like they need the advertisements. They're one of the oldest and most successful. I think they're the most downloaded podcast right. of all time. And we're the least downloaded podcast of all time. So... It would be best if people didn't even know other podcasts that exist when they listen to this. Because the first True. first whiff they get that, oh man, there are better podcasts out there, they're dropping this thing like a hot toddy. Yeah, as soon as I figure out that there's another podcast that wants me to be on it, I'm gone. Of course. Can you imagine wanting to make a food so bland that it kills the vibe so that you never come? The, the, the thing that, that kills me about it is just, like, like they really just thought that was science. Yeah. Back like then. Like, they were like, oh, well, like, if we just make a boring food, then you won't want to touch yourself. Also, they're, like, um, it, like, not even touching on the fact that they thought that, like, masturbating was something that would, like, make you go blind. Yeah. And grow hair on your hands. Like, what's that? What's that about? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, before the year 1960, if you if you uh, ejaculated, they thought there was a demon inside you. Right, they were like certain of that. They were like, hey, whatever just happened to you, uh, your body and God can tell that it wasn't for the purpose of making a child. Right. And now your hands are going to get really uh, hairy. 
and yes. there's a demon inside of you now. Yes. Um, so it was, our, our, it was founded by Kellogg's was founded by John Harvey Kellogg, uh, who lived from the the mid 1800s to the mid 1900s. He um, he was the director of a sanitarium in Michigan, as well Ooh, as... A, sanitariums were notoriously good. Yeah, they're all good. No, definitely not haunted now. They just wanted to help people. Um, he uh, he uh, was a Seventh-day Adventist, which I think... Are they the ones that, that, that do church on Saturdays? Maybe. Yeah, and they don't do Christmas. Yes. Or is that Jehovah's Witness? Uh, that's Jehovah's I Witness, I think. Um, I really couldn't care less, I'll be honest. Maybe, no, maybe I was wrong. That's the guy who founded the company, but, uh, the one who, who helped found it with him is his brother, William Keith Kellogg, a.k.a. W.K. Kellogg, and I believe he is the one that invented cornflakes. Uh, he specifically said... Um, shoot, I thought it was going to say more about cornflakes. Uh, he started it in around 1897. Uh, and then there's a whole section on his Wikipedia about Arabian horse breeding. Uh, I'm going to look up, this is live for all you listening, uh, cornflakes anti-masturbation. Uh, and let's see if Google gives us some real answers. We demand answers. Oh, uh, what? Is this all a lie? This is from inews.co.uk. Well, I don't trust the, the UK, so I'm going to go to a different website. What's f oh, according to Snopes, this is mostly false, Austin. And it says, what's true... They were in a uh, creation by Kellogg's broader advocacy of a plain, bland diet. Without referring to cornflakes in particular, Kellogg elsewhere recommended a plain, bland diet as one of several methods to discourage masturbation. Oh, that sounds like enough to me. I mean, cornflakes are like the boilerplate standard of the like most plain, bland thing. So oh, yeah. if you're telling me the guy promoted eating plain, bland things to stop masturbation, and he then also was the person who invented and sold cornflakes, I think that connecting the two are a reasonable uh, uh, justification. Well, what's funny is the brothers, the Kellogg's brothers, like, have, like, a feud. Really? Over, like, the branding and, like, the technology of, like, making cornflakes and shit. And huh. they, like, actually, it, yeah, it was literally referred to, like, the Battling Brothers of Battle Creek, Michigan. And, like, it's fun. I, I swear to God, another cereal company came out of Battle Creek, Michigan, or, like, that area for some reason. Uh, was it, like, Post or, uh, I'm trying to think of the other main cereal yeah, companies. Milton. I'm, to, I'm looking this. I'm looking Milton Brad? No, that's, the, they make board games. <laughs> I don't know, man. We should do our <laughs> research before the show starts. Yeah, well, we didn't know we were going to be talking about this, so... Well, I knew we were going to talk about Kellogg, but I didn't oh, even well. think to bring in the whole, like, weird background. Still, though, I'd say there's some... Kellogg invented by a bunch of weird, old-timey religious people who were a bunch of little creepy dudes who hung out in, like, churches and, 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 and log cabins in Michigan probably diddled a bunch of kids. Not... This is not a... Not slander. Not... That's a... That's purely... Uh, 
uh, a joke. Um, but just creepy dudes, creepy weirdo religious guys who go to church on Saturdays and not Sundays. Yeah, like, that's, that's weird. But back to the topic at hand, they're firing a bunch of their workers for simply wanting better wages. Um, yeah, pretty pretty bold of those workers to want better wages. Because today, a bunch of the workers uh, voted against a new contract that Kellogg unrolled because it only had like a 3% increase in wages. It was like an abysmally low uh, increase to, after all the striking they've done. So, of course, they said, no, it needs to be better. We're still going to strike, be striking. Um, so this says... Um, and it's been going on for like two months. So it says temporary replacements have been uh, have already been working in the company's cereal plants, where 1,400 union members went on strike on October 5th. Um, interest in the permanent replacement roles has been strong at all four plants, as expected. We expect some of the new hires to start with the company very soon, Kellogg's spokesperson Chris Bayer said. Kellogg also said there were no further bargaining schedule and it had no plans to meet with the union. The company said unrealistic expectations created by the union meant none of its six offers, including the latest one that was put to vote, which proposed wage increases and allowed all transitional employees with four more years of the serv of service to move to legacy positions came to fruition. Uh, all of this again, yeah, this says union members have proposed a two-tier system in which uh, transitional employees get lesser pay and benefits compared to longer tenured workers would take power away from the union uh, by removing the cap on the number of low-tier employees. So basically, the union is explaining how this proposed two-tier system is, is basically just to further divide these workers. And this article doesn't do a great job at explaining, you know, why exactly the the workers decided to to keep striking. Because as that as that just explained, these new, you know, Kellogg is trying to frame it as, oh, we've offered them so many compromises when all the compromises have been abysmal and nowhere near the the proper payment and respect that these uh, workers deserve. So now, what is Kellogg doing? They are. Uh, getting scabs and and trying to just put all of these striking union members out of a job. That's and so fucking shitty. It is just terrible. And I can say this for a fact: if out of the twenty people that listen to this show, if any of you are scab and go to work for Kellogg while these workers from the union are out on their ass, you can uh, you You're can a real fucking piece of you shit. You can uh, just go walk off a bridge, buddy. Yeah, take a long walk off a short plank, if you know what I'm saying. Take a short walk off a long pier and just fall face first into the wood. Yeah, and hopefully break your nose and get a splinter in your eyeball, you fucking scab. But it's just for, I mean, Kellogg, probably the number one cereal company. I mean, it's like the name you think of when you think of cereal companies, and they can't even uh, pay their workers decent wages to even though according to, make to wikipedia they had a net income of 1.344 billion right. dollars in 2018 that's a net income so i'm sure i'm not sure that's who like, their their current ceo is i'm not sure if it's a descendant of those religious freak weirdos or if it's some other guy that this brought mm -hmm. in uh but whoever it is i'm sure is getting a nice fat christmas bonus while they uh starve out all these striking workers and replace His them with scabs Stephen. Kahelain. Hmm. And I, I'd like Third I'd like table. to point out that, that the this Oh, the, he looks exactly like what you think. Yeah? 
Just uh, Yeah, just uh, like a square-faced white man with a bad haircut. Of course. I like to point out that, that strike-breaking, like they're doing, is legal and unregulated in the United States due to an almost 100-year-old Supreme Court ruling uh, where between, I believe it, what is it called? I have it right here. Um, NLRB versus McKay Radio and Telegraph Co. This was in 1938. Uh, where all judges on the court ruled unanimously. So, yeah, you can think uh, in our wonderful quote-unquote democracy, you can think a Supreme Court case from before you or even your parents were probably alive uh, for setting the precedent that just tossing striking workers out on their ass and hiring a bunch of scabs is legal. Because... That's That's so fucking, like... I mean, it's just, it's very transparent and, like, it makes sense with how America has, like, been designed to operate. It's just still very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm not surprised, but still very uh, just disappointed by it. Um, Yeah, it's just, I mean, so, and I don't even know what to say because it's like, yeah, sure, if you want to try to boycott the foods, I mean, that's fine. That's understandable, and it may help to some degree. But at the same time, I don't think a, a handful of people in this country supporting these workers by boycotting the foods, it, it'll never be enough single-handedly to, to stop, uh, stop this from happening. I mean, I, in an ideal world, the strike should be forcing them to increase the better treatment and to rehire these uh, striking workers with better wages and to, to make the compromises they need to uh, as a company that has so much money. But we see it here, you know, backfiring because at the end of the day, the, the government is is not behind these workers who want their rights. They are behind the company. Uh, and so these workers are left out on their ass. And honestly, I don't know what to say to do or or what it's really just an unfortunate situation and i guess all we can hope for is they can't find the number or the quality of workers to replace these union people so that eventually maybe they can you know in the long run they'll come back to these union workers and 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 improve the their treatment and payment and get them back but besides that I, it's it's it just feels so hopeless in a lot of regards yeah it's it's so just sad how this country treats the working class well and it's it's of course we have biden in office so you know no one but you know the most you know online or 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 determined left-wing people uh you know or you know you have to at least be somewhat plugged in and and you know knowledgeable about left-wing politics to even know or care about this because the majority at large is is living their life uh completely unaware of politics for the most part right now simply because uh their team is winning so to speak uh but in the end it's going to come back and bite them in the ass when all the places these factories are in the midwest like it said um i think michigan nebraska um Pennsylvania, Tennessee, uh, it'll come back to bite them in the ass when all these people feel uh, scorned and left behind by politicians, specifically uh, Democrats, and they just don't vote in the midterms and they don't vote in uh, the election, the presidential election, and then, you know, Republicans win. And wh- who will get... But they, they won't take the blame for it, the Democrats, for not backing up these striking workers. It'll, again, fall on the left for, for somehow causing it some bullshit reason yep. 
Uh, and so the cycle will just continue. And it's just an unfortunate hellscape that we live in that uh, these striking workers get, get absolutely uh, shafted up the ass while uh, social media manager checkmarks uh, assholes on Twitter uh, talk about how great things are right now while, while sitting at, uh, at gentrified cafes in, in downtown uh, Detroit. Yep. Yeah, it's just like... Like, no matter who wins, the working class is getting shafted. That's just how it's going to be. And they don't care about the affiliations of the people ruling. Because, like, if you're just chasing a paycheck, you you don't give a shit about the politics of the people above you. You just want them to fucking care about you at least a little bit. Right, right. That's, that's, yeah, no, I'd say so. Um, so... That's the situation with that. It feels hopeful or hopeless, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully something will, will turn around here. I don't know what. I'm not smart enough to tell you what needs to be done, but uh, I at least stay informed and stay up to date on the news of it and just hope that maybe something better happens and just continue to support those striking workers however you can, even if it's just in spreading uh, the word and making the, the conflict um, you know visible on places like social media. Come all of you good workers, good news to you I'll tell of how the good old union has come in here to dwell. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? My daddy was a miner and I'm a miner's son. And I'll stick with the Union till every battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Great, Austin. Um, well, moving on from that, I did have another article I wanted to read here. Uh, I haven't read it in full, but I think it's probably at least worth perusing. From This is from Business Insider. The title of this article is Elon Musk Thinks You Should Die. Okay, I've seen that clickbait headline and I have not clicked on it. Well, Austin, shall we dive into it and discover I'm what really it's curious. about? All right. Yeah. When billionaire Elon Musk isn't busy running Tesla and SpaceX as CEO. Yeah, because I'm sure he does a lot of fucking work. You know, yeah. he doesn't just dick around in an office and, and tell people what to do while they figure out all of the math and science behind it. And, like, sexually harass people who are, like, financially dependent on him. Right. And, again, if, if you don't – if you didn't know this, uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't start or invent Tesla or SpaceX. He simply basically bought his way into being the CEO. Yep. Uh, so he didn't do shit in terms of the actual inventing. But I digress. Running Tesla and SpaceX as CEO, where he's attempting to transform how we drive and turn humans into multi-planet species, respectively, he's not researching the secret to immortality. Quote, I am not aware of any secret technology to combat aging, Musk said during an interview this week at the Wall Street Journal's CEO's Council Summit. Wow. Uh, might as well just name that event uh, the the Evil Conference of Evildoers. I mean, Jesus yeah, like, Christ. The Wall Street Journal's CEO Council Summit? 
No, that just sounds so fucking shitty. Like none of those people have the interest of the average person in mind ever. You walk into the you walk into the opening day mixer in the conference hall at that place, and instead of little you know bottle uh, little bowls of uh, 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 peanuts and snacks and and some complimentary uh, drinks on this uh, on, a, on the side table, uh, it's literally just like baby corpses and and, and human blood. They have, like, an open bar at this fucking summit, and it's serving cocktails with adrenochrome in it. I mean, where where, where, where were they holding this? Like, the, the Legion of Doom lair underwater outside Gotham City? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, holy cow. Anyway, I did not know that was a thing. It's just, like... I, it's it's just, like, the, the perfect storm of, like, the worst words. Anyway, um... Moreover, even if humans could live much longer, Musk said that wouldn't be such a good idea or such a good thing for human society on the whole. Quote, it is important for us to die because most of the time people don't change their mind. They just die, he said. If you live forever, we might just become a very ossified society where new ideas cannot succeed. I mean, yeah, I think he should just die. Yeah, I mean... Right back at you, Elon. I mean, I don't feel that way about everyone, but I certainly feel that way about you. I mean, I I, I don't think you've particularly had any uh, new ideas besides dumb shit like your uh, like your single car uh, t- train tunnel bullshit. Okay, you know what's funny is there's like a lot of fucking research that's already been done on like living for a long fucking time so his whole thing with like oh i don't know about any technology it's like there's multiple headlines that are like the first person to live to a thousand has already been born or like living to a thousand the man who says science will soon defeat aging there's someone alive today who will be live to be a thousand years old you know all this shit and it's like right like we're we're literally in an age where we are figuring out aging like we that is something that we're figuring out. Uh, so I, it, it, for him to, to be like, oh, I don't know about any technology about this, just shows how much of like a pseudoscientific bullshit motherfucker he is. Like how he pretends to be this Tony Stark character. Like he wants to be Iron Man so bad, but he's like fucking right. not. He's just some fucking slave profiteer right. who bought his way into CEO positions for shitty companies that make bad products. Like Teslas are bad cars. Like they constantly stop, they're bur- poorly built. And like if you have a, a car that can be killed by an update when they decide that your car is obsolete, you right. you still you can't convince me that the long term of those are better than gas cars. Right. I mean, yeah, uh when your when your car uh, when your car company has a has a track record of cars uh, auto locking the doors so you can't get out and while the uh, electric battery bursts into flames that take hours for the fire department to extinguish uh, yeah. for, as like a, a common multiple ha- times happening thing uh, yeah maybe you need to work on your cars a little bit more yeah, but also like there's there's metrics in car building and like car construction of like quality. In just aesthetics, where, like, you measure the distance between panels on both sides of a car, like, between the door and the rear fender, right? The gaps between them, right? And if you look at the, like, panel gaps on each side of a Tesla, they're never, like, consistent. 
mm. like an, on like a BMW well, yeah, or like a they... Subaru or something, the the panel gaps are always really consistently sized because they have really high quality manufacturing practices, and Tesla just doesn't have that. Aren't they all? Aren't they like Teslas? Aren't their interiors fairly like cheap too? Like oh, it's all a bunch cheap. of like plastic and like shoddily like put together shit. Yeah, like there's videos of people getting into Tesla and just grabbing on shit and just like pulling on it and you can hear it creaking and see it moving. Right. And so I went into my fucking nine year old Subaru and did the same thing and fucking nothing budged. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why should my nine year old family car fucking be able to have higher build quality than these? you know, $70,000 electric cars. I, I, I like how in this, you know, first off, completely hypothetic scenario, hypothetical scenario, he, he still says, oh, if we live forever, we might become a very ossified society where new ideas cannot succeed. As if, uh, you know, the current society we're in now isn't like a completely ghoulish and, and you know, used to use his word ossified society where you you have to be of a certain class and privilege to have your ideas succeed uh in the first place like you know it's not like we're living in some sort of uh, amazing future where where everyone is listened to and ideas are heard we're still very much uh down in the in the mud of of a of a flawed society where people are are stuck in this in this capitalist uh mode of living yeah we're not all just like fucking driving floating cars and like having open discussion thought forums right it's like people are like voicing their opinions and then the people that disagree are like fuck you you should kill yourself for saying that right uh yeah so basically musk argued if people were to live longer or become immortal it would have a detrimental effect on society where ideas stagnate and fester rather than being evolved or overtaken by succeeding generations of people i mean that that's acting like uh you know there would still be new people being born even if we lived forever hypothetically anyway so i mean it's not like there wouldn't be new ideas or it's not like when you get old you stop having ideas if if we're living in this world where you know uh you know supposedly we we are immortal i'd assume that also means we're able to keep the the health of our memory and our brain to a decent standard so that we're you know mentally healthy so why would our ideas also be stopping yeah right like and also living for that long gives you perspective so like his argument that like people don't change their minds i feel like is not true when you get when you were talking about literal immortality right like like yeah we you know you're talking about like racist old people because they were fucking they didn't travel they didn't see the world right they don't they didn't come from a place of ability to do that but like suddenly if you take away the health risks of like getting old yeah and their ability to see things and do things it's like maybe they'd change their fucking minds and, when they understand and how the, the world works the monetary uh risks of of you know being mortal if we suddenly no longer have to to the extent now we have now worry about healthcare and its cost do you not think people are going to live lives that are more uh meaningful and expanded both in travel but also in stuff just like you know uh their their philosophies and their uh imagination if we're not bogged down in you know this horrible hellscape of of medical debt and 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 pain and disease yeah like do you know how many lives i want to be able to live in my lifetime that i'm just not going to be able to 
like I, there's so much shit I want to do, so many types of existences I want to have that like I you know, you have to like pick one kind of. I feel like this 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 whole argument he's making is the same kind of shit you hear made from people and and like sometimes I've I've heard it argued by people and they try to say, "Oh no, this is actually like a progressive policy," but it's really not because it's at the end of the day like anti-human life, which is a problem. Who these people you hear these eco-fascists who are like, "Oh, the 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 only way to stop climate change is to solve overpopulation by by we you know, killing off we we need part of the population to die. We need this oh, whole man. swath of the population to die when it's like call the herd. When it's like no, you you realize like uh, you know the 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 disproportionate amount of of waste and energy somewhere like America or or Europe consumes compared to somewhere like Asia or Africa. It's not a problem of 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 numbers of people. It's a problem of of greed and consumption among a small percentage. Well, then when you realize that like PepsiCo and Coca Cola and Frito Lay cause more climate change than any consumer could ever feasibly make a difference with right like individual responsibility is a fucking myth when it comes to that shit but that's that's its own discussion right i Uh, what i was gonna say was like the eco-fascists um definitely started showing up really in mainstream culture without people realizing it last year like in the height of the pandemic yes i agree people were like people were like without everyone doing things all the time nature is healing we're the disease and it's like this is a gateway to eco-fascism like right do you not hear how evil that sounds right we just all need to die so nature can heal like shut the fuck up i i I will agree that this article goes on to talk about how musk is uh in favor of age limits for holding public office which i do think is a good thing given oh, the median age of our politicians is like 65 or something. Uh, and I, but that's less of a problem with that. That's, that's, that's a problem for like the now and for like the way things are currently where people do age and they do die and their minds do degrade. Uh, so like to connect that to this idea that, oh, we should always have death and never work on trying to improve, uh, health and, and the, the quality of life and living longer is completely ridiculous because it's comparing a very current problem that needs actual like action and change to a hypothetical future that we are not, you know, at yet. Yeah. Right. So, so that's the that's the gist of that article. Is basically Elon Musk wants uh, old people to basically like turn themselves into um, to like you know uh, suicide sinners. Uh, they can just go in and choose when they want to die. It's like in, if you've seen the movie Soylent Green. Uh, in that movie, there's like rampant overpopulation to the point where elderly people or anyone in general who wants to die is encouraged to basically go to like a government facility and then they like kind of make this like really nice uh sort of like uh personalized to you sort of like death ceremony where you get to watch like this beautiful movie and remember how beautiful the world was as you slowly are 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 killed via like lethal injection and then your body is dumped into a a a trash bin and taken off to the factory where they make the uh the nutrient bars out of out of dead humans soil green is people 
So, so that's what Elon Musk wants. He wants the new. Uh, he wants a Tesla Tesla Soylent uh, product. What was I? You ever think it's weird that like the meal replacement shake company decided to call itself Soylent? Oh, absolutely. It's like, did you guys? Like, you like know, I think it's hilarious if they're doing it intentionally. I either they are just a bunch of stupid like startup entrepreneur bro idiots, and they just were aware of like the title of that movie and that it's about like this futuristic food nourishment source, and they don't actually know that it's people in the movie is what it's revealed to be made of, or they like are doing it intentionally as a wink and a nod to be like, yeah, you're all absolutely fucked. We are in this upper ruling class, and we're just gonna outright call our shit Soylent because. Uh, uh, we don't give a shit about you or your humanity. <laughs> no, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, um, I'm actually, this is, given this Elon Musk article, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I've been uh, brainstorming a script idea uh, where Elon Musk in a, in a post-apocalyptic wasteland uh, ca- caused by him because of one of his, uh, he uses so much energy trying to make his cars to uh, be electric and save the environment. He uses so much coal power in producing those cars. It, it causes the world to go into a post-apocalypse. He roams the post-apocalypse looking for elderly people to, to kill and harvest uh, their, their, their organs as nutrients. It's called Elon Musk uh, Elder Hunter. God. Do you see his new haircut? No, I haven't seen a picture of him. Dude, in a while. he 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 really the fuck my shit up meme, barber meme. Yeah, yeah. Very appropriate. Here, I'm going to I'm going to send you a, a picture of of this. Um um I will say I'm on the Wikipedia page for Soylent and they have a section on the naming of it. Right. Soylent is named after a food in Harry Harrison's 1966 science fiction novel, Make Room, Make Room. That's the name of Soylent Green. That's like the book it's based on. I'm pretty sure. In the novel, most most types of Soylent are made from soy and lentils, hence the name of the product, a combination of soy and lent. The word also evokes the 1973 film adaptation Soylent Green, in which the eponymous food is made from human remains. Reinhardt, the founder, also says he chose the name with its morbid associations to pique curiosity and deeper investigation since the name was clearly not chosen with a traditionally flashy marketing scheme in mind. See, they did it so, on purpose just to fuck with us. Definitely a wink and a nod. But okay, so in all fairness, it was started with a crowdfunding campaign, so it wasn't like a guy that was like like rich as fuck and was just like, yeah, fuck it, this will be funny to fuck They probably course. still have some sort of like venture capital silicon valley bullshit behind oh, it because all those guys are obsessed with that shit why does he look like jeremy renner he dude they dude they fucked his shit up so bad that's a bad haircut well and you know like you know already that like so like he definitely has like hair plugs or something because you i'm sure seen the pictures of him in like 2003 where he was like definitely balding so like yeah. he absolutely has like some sort of like procedure or hair plugs or something that like made his hair come back to some degree. So like why would you get a haircut like that that almost intentionally accentuates how like ridiculous your hair looks? Yeah, no, he he did not have good advice on that one. It looks like a fucking muffin. <laughs> it looks like the part of the muffin that comes out of the pan. Right. It looks like when a girl shaves her pubes and just leaves a little tuft right above the, right above the center. 
<laughs> but God, dude, you need it, to. It looks like Chewbacca's taint. That's see when you get that rich, there's no one around you to give you actual feedback and yeah, advice. All your friends are on your payroll. And yes, yeah, they're all yes men, and that's how you end up with that shit going out in public, looking like a, looking like a, uh, I don't even know, looking like a, 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 th- a, th- a hairy thumb. <laughs> So, uh, Elon, uh, glad you know you want us to die. Right back at you, buddy. Uh, and I hope you your shitty Tesla breaks down and you go to a nursing home for help and then they all beat you to death with their walkers and canes. <laughs> Austin, um, that's all the topics I had for today. You have anything you want to share with with our friends here listening in? Um, do you ever you ever get like really stressed out about planning things if they're in the far future, but if they're in like the immediate future, it feels really easy to plan. I I can. I think I mean I think I understand what you mean. I think like if I have a friend hit me up and is like, "Hey, I'm off this day. Are you off this day?" I'd be like, "Yeah." Like, want to do a day trip to you know this place an hour and a half away? I'd be like, "Yeah, perfect. That sounds awesome." And we like plan that. That's easy. But then like if um if someone's like, "Hey, let's like do this trip that takes commitment with multiple groups of people," uh, six months from now. Right. That scares the shit out of me. Well, it's harder to organize when it's farther off and there are more, like, variable factors, I think. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Reminds me of a of, of, a, of a good friend I used to have. His name was Jeff. And um, he would often organize large groups of his friends, many of whom celebrities, to fly on his private jet to his island in the Caribbean. And um, <laughs> thankfully, he did a lot of the organizing even down to even down to the the entertainment which it wasn't your normal entertainment you'd have at a party like a clown or a magician uh it was actually the inverse you normally think of birthday parties and parties and you think of children being entertained by adults and yet we were adults being entertained by children mm. good you get what i'm saying uh yeah i, I think i understand uh, so what do you think about this? What do you think about the start of season two or AKA explain to Austin 2.0 dark prophet saga. I like it a lot. Um, I like where we're going with this. You do? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be good. I feel like the flow was really nice today. I'm glad I have your vote of confidence. That makes me, that makes me happy. I was thinking today, I want to say this before I leave. Cause I think it's a good bit. 
Um, you know the trial for Jussie Smollett has been going on. You know who oh, that yeah, is? Yeah. That guy, that guy, that actor guy who was like, "Oh, I got attacked," but then it turned out he was like faking it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just thought of the joke today, and I was very proud of it, and I tweeted it out. I said, "Who wants they Jussie Smolletted?" <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I, I was gr- I was proud of that joke. Um, would do you want your Jussie Smollett? What kind of name is that? Is that like French? Just it has to be right. I'm looking it up. That's a kind of a crazy name. Um. His mom, his parents are Joel and Jeanette. His his mom is is black and his dad is Jewish. Maybe it's Jewish. Yeah, I mean, I I could see that. I have no clue. It's very it's it's certainly an interesting name. I respect it. I mean, but his 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 siblings all have names. I've I think are at least like. I feel like I've heard of Jake, Jaquai, Jojo, Journey, and Jazz. Like those all sound like fairly regular names. I can't say I've ever heard, or even if you asked Jesse. me, if you said the word Jesse and said, "Is that an, what, what would you say that is?" I won't think I would say a person's name. I would definitely say it's a joke on pussy. It sounds like a joke about pussy. So, I guess audience, welcome to explain to Austin 2.0 and I leave you with this question who wants they Jussie small leaded see you next small time eight. who who wants their Jussie small eight <laughs> see you next time that's the episode title definitely <laughs> it's know. the last thing we did but it's the episode title it means they gotta stick around it's like we Again, it'll be just like starting over, starting over. Every day we used to make it love, why can't we be making love nice and easy? Starting